Welcome one, welcome all to episode 216 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, February 17th, 2023. I'm your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan. And in this episode, we break down the details behind the Xbox business update provided by Xbox leadership that includes both their strategy for going multi-platform, the titles they'll be doing, and a statement on development of the next Xbox hardware for future generations. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming week better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. It's been a, a really interesting and fun week, honestly. I've been playing a lot of games that, according to the internet, are bad mm. and should not be played. Um, mm. But doing a really good job of enjoying myself through those and uh i managed to get uh, a review copy of the, Tur the turtle beach uh, stealth ultra controller mm -hmm. so thanks to turtle beach for sending that out i'm going to be i've been working on a review for that mm -hmm. um to see how it compares given uh the cost and features that it offers to mm -hmm. say like an elite controller so looking forward to jumping on that for everyone yeah, I'm anxious to hear your review, too. We had that sent to you so you could check it out. Uh, I'm curious to see how you enjoy it across the different genres of games because it's got all these really cool features. And we've seen controllers get both simpler and more complex over the mm -hmm. last you know, four years. Uh, we've seen the Elite go through phases. The idea of an Elite 3 is on its way is, is certainly prominent. Yeah. And as a result, places like Turtle, Turtle Beach are experimenting there. Um, so I'm really curious what your final thoughts are on it. And, uh, you know, the idea that we're getting into reviews anyway as a channel has been kind of neat. We did our Suicide Squad review. We did our Banishers yeah. Ghost of Eden review. You did that one. It was fantastic. Um, I hope our audience checks them out because it's new for us. So our audience may not know that it's there on the YouTube channel. Uh, mm -hmm. did a little cosmic re cosmetic refresh uh, to the YouTube channel as well. So go check that out. See those reviews. Leave us feedback, real feedback. Um, we would really appreciate yeah. that because we I, are we want to improve and learn and have you guys go on the journey with us. Yeah, I, I would say I, I I don't do reviews normally. I, mm -hmm. I I have like opinions about games and stuff, but I'd love to get some feedback on on stuff that you think uh, was relevant, wasn't relevant. You know, just if you guys have any any suggestions about reviewing, I I always appreciate that feedback because uh, I'm doing the reviews. For you guys, I want to give you guys a heads up on that kind of stuff. So if you guys have thoughts or, or feelings on them, feel free to let me know. I, I take criticism like that seriously. So feel free to let comments uh, uh, go on those. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we bumped the podcast to 1080p for video people, uh, which changed my render times, which I'm curious to see like how to improve that process. So just just learning. And we appreciate you guys being with us. But um, Logan... I want to start with a topic to this week before we do a, do a bunch of other stuff. Obviously, the business update is the main portion that I think a lot of Xbox and gamers alike, Xbox gamers and gamers alike, have their eyes on this week. But I want to start a little smaller. Something that was kind of nestled within the business update this week was Sarah Bond talking about 
uh, Activision Blizzard titles coming to Game Pass, and the first of them being Diablo 4, which is set to arrive in March uh, with other Activision titles on the way, you know, at some point. Um, I'm really excited to hear that. I think uh, for sure this business update that the Xbox leadership decided to give us was not one that they had planned to give in any way, shape, or form now. It wasn't yeah. one something they planned to do uh, in an, a podcast format or anything. We just had the incredible developer direct, which I thought was exceptional. More and more time removed from that, I think, how good that, that direct was. Um, this was clearly a reactionary business update, and they needed to have some good news in there. And I feel like Diablo 4 coming to Game Pass is great news for both Diablo 4 and for Game Pass uh, as well. I thought I thought that is great. I just got to um, my hardcore character level 50 thanks to Matto power leveling me. Um, <laughs> so I've only got a few more achievements in Diablo 4, but I really like that game a lot. And I'm excited for more people to check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool um, to uh, know that they, they were able to announce it this early. It could have gone like a whole nother month before having the business update and still gotten like sales on Diablo 4 if they really, really wanted to. But Xbox players who have, and this is coming, the thing that I think I like about this is that it's also coming to, to PC Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So, and PC honestly is, is you still have to buy a lot of content through the battle.net launcher. And mm-hmm. as much as I love that launcher, I think it's probably the best launcher next to like Steam. Having games through there is kind of like frustrating because it's like a segregated uh, part of my my PC library and having stuff, having it through the Xbox app through there, having it coming to to, um, uh, Game Pass just kind of ensures that the game's lifespan will persist even longer now. Mm -hmm. And I think with it coming out in March, that'll probably be towards the end of the third season. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably get people in for the fourth season. Mm-hmm. And I hope folks give it an, an honest opportunity to to check it out. It's a fantastic freaking game. It's mm-hmm. one of my, it's by far my favorite Diablo next to Diablo 2. I think Diablo 2 has just got a special place in my heart. But what a, what a win for Game Pass, man. Because with this being the first game of the Activision Blizzard titles, mm-hmm. I was trying to think about what games we could do that were after this that were blizzard titles and mm-hmm. overwatch 2 is free heroes of the storm is free starcraft 2 could probably come through mm-hmm. world of warcraft is a weird nebulous thing they could launch all the all the content of the 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 base game and the expansions and classic into there but still charge the seven dollars or they could just give the the seven dollar thing in there for free it's it's really weird but you know todd oxer wrote in asking now that we know Diablo 4 is the first ABK game to join Game Pass. What would you like to see for a release schedule? Also, what do you think it would be next? I, I've been thinking of this question and thinking like, you know, I think we're probably going to get some of the the like Activision games, like some mm-hmm. of the old games like Tony Hawk Pro Skater mm-hmm. uh, 2 and 3 Remake would probably be a perfect fit to get back into Game Pass. I can't remember if it ever came out, though. I, I'm I have been thinking about this question as well and Diablo is the right answer then Diablo 2 remastered and and like the Diablo franchise getting that available to to Game Pass subscribers is great we know there's 34 million Game Pass subscribers now 
Oddly, that includes Game Pass Core, which was Xbox Live Gold folded into it, which really is odd to me, at least as an outside consumer, not quite understanding it, because there were 50 million plus people on on Xbox Live Gold. So I'm curious what that means um, and and why and how that works. But we know that you have to be a paid uh, Game Pass member to play Diablo. Nonetheless, like Diablo 4 is the right answer that should come around season four, um, which I hope is a little better than season three, but three is not bad. It's just not as good as two was. Uh, yeah. But I, I love that 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 it's arriving. I hope they pull out the stops and put like some good cosmetics in there and, and not break the store kind of thing. But as far as other titles, I think if you can lump in content for your live service stuff like World of Warcraft uh, and do some some Game Pass perks and stuff, that's that's the big win. Starcraft is a great thing. Trying to get more PC players into the Game Pass ecosystem, checking out a lot of the titles that maybe they wouldn't otherwise go to, or checking out Game Pass because of titles they wouldn't otherwise go to is great. Um, as far as a release schedule, I don't know. I want to see a lot of back combat games arrive. Uh, I know for me, it's always licensed stuff, which is a complex issue, right? Like all the Spider-Man games are what I'm thinking about. I really want to mm. see those come back, but I don't know what yeah. the logistics of that are, and it kind of sucks. But I, for me, what makes me excited about this, about Diablo arriving, is that what we have now are many opportunities for these older titles that we as Xbox consumers watched Xbox battle to get for two years in Activision Blizzard, battle to mm -hmm. get the, the ability to distribute that to gamers and um, to spend $70 billion it's time to see the first forays into what this actually means. Like what, what do we as Xbox gamers or game pass subscribers get out of it? Diablo four is a great first step. Uh, that means we can play it on the cloud. You can play it on your mobile devices because of cloud, uh, which to me is the future, but maybe it's too soon, you know, but like, I love that. Now I could sit here while we are playing or, or while we were talking on our podcasts or while I'm watching TV with my wife and I'd be able to cloud jump into Diablo on my phone with my backbone and it not be the predatory Diablo immortal or some of the other stuff. So I like that this game is arriving um, and a release schedule. I think if you can get a cadence, that's great. Obviously we'll see a big drop around June, July when they do their summer showcases. Um, they are going to want to really sell 2024 as the year of xbox because they need it to be because of all this multi-platform discussion and stuff from the business update because in 2023 they did five exclusive titles and only one of them was was not great and people still didn't jump in clearly the box wars are long since done so they want people into their ecosystem going forward and so the, the cadence of releases is going to be a big deal big deal yeah yeah, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see given what the competitors landscape looks like now for the for the rest of the year we kind of have an idea of like, you know, what theirs is going to be. This is a great time for Xbox to really try and and emphasize just like how important they are uh taking or how important this this Activision Blizzard deal is going to be for them and how good it's going to be like we saw when bethesda was purchased just how many games uh came to game pass so quickly this is taking so much longer and i think a lot of people are wanting to see the the the, the reap the benefits of of enduring a year and a half long uh legal battle to try and get this this purchase done 
Mm -hmm. Big time, big time. Either way, love that we got that bit of news, uh, obviously in there to distract, I think, in some ways, but it is a good bit of news. It's a great first step. Um, and in all likelihood, we'll find out far more when Xbox is properly prepared to distribute this information. The one asterisk comma maybe in my mind is, you know, does the, the new FTC embattlement stop them from talking about more? Did they not want to talk about this more? Could they not talk about this more? And I just am so over the FTC conversations, especially as a content creator, like I just you, don't you, care. Like I just <laughs> you've don't been care. you've been done with them for a year at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and real talk. If anything from the last week has taught us is that we don't need to be invested in every little thing. It's not our job. It's not our place. Our job is to play games and enjoy that with our ecosystem, enjoy that with our people, our community, and not get so invested in our well-being being tied. To that of a company, um, I hope some people learn that lesson because I will tell you what, real talk, watching the the Tim Dogs and the Colt Eastwoods and stuff like, I wish I had some of their talent. I really do, but it's just misused and re-aimed and it's just like I don't care to get into those wars and arguments. Not for me, not my jam. I wish I was that good at production and all this other stuff, but like some of them are just very foolish. Um, and it's not even an on both sides type discussion, Logan. It's across the spectrum of content creators, and I am envious of any and all who are listening to this who have no idea what we're talking about. Because when I see it, I'm just tired of it. I just don't care. There's so much yeah. more importance. I'm just, it doesn't, and, and it, I don't follow them. It just mm. shows up because of the, the nature of algorithms. And it just makes me very sad that they are representative of, or seemingly representative of a community that is otherwise, I think, very fantastic and level headed. One thing, uh, two two points I want to make real quick um, before we get into the proper the show proper is I I do think that a the people that I know that are completely oblivious to the majority of the conversation that we see on a regular basis, mm-hmm. a lot of that still trickles down to them and and sometimes it comes in a in a misinformation style of way that that is a is a real shame because it's like I I, I like to stay in the loop to try and be able to have accuracy to the information that I hear mm-hmm. and. The other part of it is, is that on, honestly, a lot of the people that I think are higher up in like the, the, the clout of, of gaming, uh, personalities and stuff, a lot of that is fed off of console war stuff. And I think there's, there's a smaller subsect of people that don't go clout chasing through that means that is, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're doing it through harder means. They're doing it through more honest means, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm fine. Not not chasing that if 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 i if this is the highest i get in the world as far as like gaming and interest and stuff like that i'm fine i don't need to i don't need to get get up out of my house and go do a dice awards thing or you know show up on a, on an e3 stage at a fan fest <laughs> like i'm fine without that right It'd be cool but i don't need it 100 percent. i'm a goal of mine is to end up at fan fest because of xcp like not on a stage or anything but just in general like yeah. but if but if it that requires some of the behaviors that I saw from many people in the Xbox and PlayStation and gaming communities in the past week, I'm not interested in that any longer. Yeah. So it, well, this isn't The Bachelor. We're not trying yeah. to make drama. Mm-mm. Nope. Trying to play games, talk about games with my friends. All right. Um, let's get in some drama. Well, before we do that, <laughs> I want to thank 
Uh, I want to thank our patrons. We got a new patron this past week, uh, Saburito. Thank you so much for your contribution to XEP. Uh, it make, means the absolute world that you're willing to go to patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Help do little things, big things for us, helping us travel, helping us cover website costs, Canva, different Substack stuff that I need for information. Just really appreciated. My goal is that every dollar in Patreon from here on out goes to the potential of going to 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 a fan fest or something like that, a conference to interviewing developers. Uh, and if not, it'll go towards coverage of games or new softwares and such like that. So I'm just grateful to you and to all of our patrons uh, in general. And I want to read the tier two and three shout outs this past week. We certainly had them all on for our community episode and that went live to everybody on YouTube. And I hope, I hope people are enjoying that because that was a really fun show. We had seven people plus us. It was, it was cool. So our tier two and three shout outs this week are Chris 1H1D, Nicholas Johnson, Ellery Woods Parker III, Nicholas Downey, Rob Frawley II, Tao Zochi, Xbox Skittle, Meadow 1606, Randall Thor 19, Silken It, Rick Gaffney, African aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neil Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, the Lord, Sir, Master, All Father, and Provider, Provider of Family Values, James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka the Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you guys for going to patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. And I want to give a shout out, by the way. Uh, to Chris 1H1D and Clint Coombs, uh, seeing them in our patron discord chatting all about uh, all about hell divers and talking about hell divers has me absolutely in. I almost Logan, I, I really did investigate snagging hell divers, but I would have to re up my PlayStation <laughs> Plus because I want to play it. The game looks so much fun, but yeah. I have to re up re up PlayStation Plus and buy the game, and that's like a hundred plus bucks. I just don't have that to swing right now. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's it's fun. I I bought it on PC. I've mm -hmm. played with Mister Bad Bit from the Trophy Room for a little bit, and it's really good, dude. It's really yeah. good. I don't know if you want to talk about like it in general, but uh, later on in the show, we've got a, a spot for it. But I do want to know your words of kindness. Do you have any this week? Yeah, so I wanted to uh, shout out actually the 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 Patreons uh, or the Patreon members because of their like pushing for Helldiver and their their time spent with it. But uh, Chris one H D one H one D one D blah uh, mm -hmm. did a stream uh, yesterday. I think it was yeah, I think it was yesterday. Um, playing Bloodstained, uh, Ritual oh, nice. of the Night, which was on. It just came to Game Pass and stuff. And uh, threw their stream up into the the Patreon content, mm -hmm. and I got to follow them off of that, and it just helped me get through my day. I was having a, a really busy work day, and uh, getting to kind of watch his stream and just kind of like see his his process of uh, of attacking a game from for a one hour perspective to decide if it's a good game to to jump back into or or not was really interesting i had a good time with it so um we talked a little bit during the, the the actual stream itself to give some background on where that game came from and how how the creator is is effectively the one that kind of got castlevania symphony of the night kicked off mm -hmm. and uh it was just really really good really wholesome moment to to kind of enjoy gaming That's for cool. once 
That's cool. That is one of my favorite little subsections we have because I, I jump into Ellery's stream. I look at, I listen to uh, Super Friends Unite. I listen to John Wall's content, like just seeing them yeah. constantly drop those links in there is really fun. And so it's a nice perk for our patrons because we all are supportive of one another. Have so, really bad takes on banjo. <laughs> oh, gosh, my joke on banjo this week was great. Did you see it on socials? Oh, I don't know if I did. So uh, I'll have to go. One of the things we'll talk about is that Sarah Bond teased the, the future of Xbox hardware being the like this monumental leap yeah. in in technical hardware that we'll see the biggest jump we've ever seen in hardware. Um, mm. We got to learn to stop saying stuff like that. See, yeah, Skull and really Bones, Quad A, and everything else. Um, yeah. But I was like, only only the the monumental leap could contain the power of a banjo game. And I thought that was just <laughs> funny. I was thinking about Ainsley Bowden and Kevin Ainsworth in that category. <laughs> Um, the Ains is one the banjo so bad mm-hmm, man mm-hmm. so silly well that business update that microsoft gave us we've alluded to and referenced several pieces from it but uh matt nowhere booty, yeah seemingly <laughs> matt booty sarah bond and phil spencer joined tina and Mini on the official xbox podcast for about 40 minutes or so this past week to offer what i would term as a reactionary statement and response to a lot of the rumors that have been swirling throughout the gaming community. I don't think this is a typical reaction we would have seen from any gaming leadership, except that outlets like The Verge and Steven Totillo and Jason Trier, a lot of the more verified places were reporting on these things. And as a result of that, narratives were being spun that I think had a lot of a business impact. Uh, It was a 22 minute, I'm sorry, not 40 minute, my apologies, Um, had a business impact on the gaming space. And that is a concern if you're Xbox leadership as you're trying to build and and time uh, different announcements and allow different teams to, to adjust the scope of what it is they're doing. What was interesting about this is the first thing out the gate that Tina Amini uh, asked Phil Spencer was, what is the approach going forward about multi-platform? Because rumors had been rampant that Uh, Xbox was going to go third party now that this acquisition was complete. They were going to be putting all of their games over on Switch and and, uh, PlayStation and everything else. So Tina Mini asked Phil Spencer about that. And I really, Luke Lohr really appreciated his response in this state. He said, that's not for me to say like what games are doing what because that's for the teams. They've got their announcements, their timing. But he did state that four titles from the Xbox catalog are going to be making their way onto multi-platform. Important to note for any listener uh, or viewer of the show right now, he said multi-platform. He did not specifically state Switch, Switch 2, uh, PlayStation, or anything else beyond multi-platform. And you have to imagine that extends beyond PC, of course, because most Xbox titles are play anywhere. They're on on Xbox and PC. Um, He stated four titles are going to be doing this. A lot of insiders that are validated insider, like reporters, Stephen Totillo, Schreier, Tom Warren, uh, have think that I have stated that they believe these four titles to be grounded and Pentiment, along with Tango GameWorks, Hi-Fi Rush, and then of course Sea of Thieves, which our own guest Stephen Totillo uh, had a great discussion with us on. I want to note before I invite you in on this one, Logan, that. Grounded and Pentiment make wonderful sense because they they were Obsidian's projects, something that was being worked on at Obsidian prior to Microsoft's acquisition of them. And it was Private Division that published Grounded 
uh, not Xbox because that happened right around the time of acquisition. That's very interesting and it makes good sense because Grounded is a community game that thrives on it. And Pentiment is not a pillar franchise exclusive or not. It's not a pillar franchise. I would also argue that Hi-Fi Rush isn't as well. I don't think people were running out to purchase Xboxes for that particular game or Hi-Fi Rush is a particular game. It's Sea of Thieves that I think is an interesting one to discuss as a possibility. Um, and I'll invite you in to, to talk about that as as well. The final point I want to make, Logan, he, blat- uh, he being Phil Spencer, did respond and say that uh, Indiana Jones and Starfield are not launching multi-platform. They are Xbox exclusive. So that is a lot of information to break down. Uh, yeah. I'd like you to... to First, address my logic on Grounded and Pentiment. Does that make sense for those two games to go multi-platform if indeed they are among the, the four? So uh, what I want to say is is um, Obsidian and Rare are two studios that are very close to Microsoft's uh, heart when it comes to the content that they make, um, that those studios tend to be some of the... Uh, the pilot studios for a lot of changes and stuff. If you remember, Sea of Thieves came to Game Pass day one. It's also one of the few titles that is actually uh, um, multi in, in what did, I can't remember the, the word that Phil used, uh, entitlement. Uh, so you get, when you buy it, on xbox you also mm-hmm. get it on pc regardless of game pass correct um he did so say entitlements in, yep yeah so there those studios tend to do that um the last private division published game from obsidian was only outer worlds uh they they had the rights to be able to publish that for switch and for for playstation grounded was technically published by xbox studios as those really did, and yeah Pentiment and Pentiment and and I know this because I have a, a, a friend at the studio that I haven't uh, gotten a chance to talk to in a while. But um, Pentiment and Grounded started after the acquisition. Okay, hold on, just just to clarify, we're talking about the full launch or the early access because it was Private Division that connected me to to um, my interview with Grounded's <sighs> creative director. So. Um, early access or full launch it doesn't really matter i'm just we're just splitting hairs but i'm sure as far as i know i i mean they they had access to the studio but i mean as as far as like i mean if you go onto like steam's site for grounded that it says that the publisher is is xbox on that one interesting Um, okay okay regardless just an interesting point because it was private division that connected me at the time i interviewed that creative director so yeah where that is in the realm doesn't matter it wasn't xbox to start I, I can't speak to that, so that's possible. Okay, because I, I didn't I, I wasn't paying attention to like who who to talk to, but that mm-hmm. but yeah I do I do know that as far as as far as I know from internally that the team Obsidian was the last game that Private Division was was publishing. Mm. Okay, um, but as far as like the as far as Pentiment and Grounded being like two of the titles that are potentially going multi plant. I think that that's great. Um, they're not the mainstays for Obsidian, Avowed, and, and Outer Worlds is. Um, these are these are smaller teams that would like to have their content uh, played by more people. I don't think that Pentiment is one that a lot of people really checked out. So having that smaller title being pushed out to multi-plant, I think that'll be good for the game. I think that'll be good for the studio. It'll it'll bring in more revenue for them. Um, I don't think that it was a tentpole title for the, for anyone to be able to say like oh yeah the reason you know xbox is doing so well is because they have a game 
like Pentiment in their in their back pocket as an exclusive. Um, Grounded does better when it has more players in it. Uh, you can have private servers and stuff like that, but if that player base is dwindling or they're just not not pushing out as much um, content for that, then it would be good to kind of spark a little more love into that by by bringing it to different areas. I do know that the that the community for Grounded is very passionate. And I know that the devs and the, the the community management are very appreciative of how how loyal that fan base is. As far as the oh sorry, did you want to jump in? Well, no, I wanted to to say I think in those two cases it makes perfect sense to get them in more places because neither of these games was on an Xbox box at like a store, right? You weren't mm-hmm. seeing grounded being featured in marketing ads. You weren't seeing Pentiment being featured in marketing ads, uh, nor have you been seen like Hi-Fi Rush being a selling point used in Xbox marketing en masse that I'm aware of. And I think that sucks. I think they should have been. I, you know, if Luke Lore was running this billion trillion dollar company and I was in charge because, you know, as content creators were Xboxes, I think that's a shame because Grounded could have been used as a nice selling point, um, as could have Hi-Fi Rush. Regardless, I think it's great in these particular cases. Um, yeah. Pentiment, I don't think hurts anybody for it to be mailed by more players, particularly given how eclectic it is to your point. Grounded is a community based game. You need a bigger community, a la Minecraft, a la elder scrolls online, um, to Xbox owned, uh, properties. And then sea of thieves. I'd like you to talk about if you don't mind. Yeah. So sea of thieves most likely is, is going to be the one that is for sure coming to PlayStation. Um, and actually shout out to, uh, Sean Carey over at true achievements who published an article about an hour ago, uh, stating that sea of thieves has reduced, um, season 11 Xbox achievements to zero gamer score, uh, and has released a new list of achievements. The overall achievement score for sea of thieves has stayed the same, but the difficulty of some of those achievements has been scaled back and a lot of the uh the older achievements have been rephrased to be a lot more easy or a lot easier which to me has kind of coincides with some of the the questions that i've been fielding uh over on the playstation side is a lot of folks are have been reaching out to me and saying like hey if sea of thieves comes to playstation how hard is that platinum going to be uh, do you think that that platinum is going to be a, like something that would be would be really easy or would it be really hard? Is there a lot to it? Like, how does it work? Because it's been a, a game that's been in production for six years or been out for about six years. And seeing that they are now actually re- redoing the the achievement list behind the scenes without any kind of like mention of this kind of speaks to like them getting a lot of the achievements for the game that are like principal achievements, things that are just like, you know, eat a banana, go visit an island, set sail, drop your anchor, things like that. Setting those up to be, you know, the bronze, silver, gold, and platinum trophies for a port. Uh, additionally, I spoke to a former dev uh, for Rare um, who worked in the engineering section about how difficult something like this would be for them to do if they if they were to actually port it. And based on what he said, he can't speak to what Rare is actually doing. But given that Rare is uh, upgrading their framework to um, the the GDK that is the most updated GDK for Microsoft and it being an Unreal Engine game. I don't know what GDK is. Uh, game Developer Kit. Um, gotcha, thank you. 
It's uh, uh, upgrading the tools that you use to build a game and mm-hmm. using an engine that is it is a, a widely accepted engine. It is not not a huge task to get this game ported over to another console. Uh, obviously, you have to take into account controllers, achievements, you know, servers, stuff like that. But at its base, it would not be too difficult. So, Sea of Thieves just had season 11 update it redid all of the voyage based systems it, it increased the levels of all the trade companies to make it a lot more um a lot worth it or worth it more to actually spend time in those trade companies uh investing time in those trade companies and they added a, a ton of tutorials like a, an absolute ton of tutorials for everything not just the voyages but the tall tales for tons of stuff they came out with safer season december which is a an onboarding for people who don't want to get sunk right away so you can go and figure out how to play the game they've they've done a lot of work to get this game set up for a potential new audience and if that new audience comes from a different platform it makes a hundred percent sense why they've invested so much in short it sounds to me like all the groundwork is being laid to give sea of thieves a bigger and better future to bring in more sailors to the seas and in and allow people to play with more people and let a whole new community check this out to me this is a win as a as a 900 hour plus sea of thieves person which is light work apparently um yeah i think this is huge this is huge because there is so much content there and xbox seems to have maybe maxed out isn't the right term because you can always get abused once you uh once you get you know more people in but this will allow a whole new group to check it out. And as a result, let's see if thieves continue to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to, I really want to uh, quell any of the, of the, like the discussion around like, Oh, well they're, they're not making any more money or, Oh, they're losing players. We, mm-hmm. we don't know what the financials or the, or the monthly active users are for sea of thieves. So the conversation around, Oh, well this game's been out a long time. So it's, it needs an influx of, of new players that's not necessarily the case. This just looks like it is in line with what Phil Spencer talked about, which was them looking to be a growing market in an industry that ran flat for 2022 or no, mm-hmm. t- yeah, 2023, where it was one of the biggest years in gaming. It was also one of the biggest years that we saw layoffs in studios. So he's looking for growth. Sea of Thieves is a game that would do well with more players. Mm-hmm. Um, and have like a new inflow of, of cash into that Emporium to be able to buy content and stuff for that, mm-hmm. be able to sell the game to a wider market. I, I have no problem as long as it doesn't impact the content that that delivery system that they have set up right now, which based on some of the conversations that I've had, doesn't look like it'll actually impact the content for Sea of Thieves. So if they can get the port out and they can keep the content rolling, I think it's a win for for Sea of Thieves community. I think it's a win for PlayStation fans who are frustrated with Skull and Bones right now. Yeah, absolutely. And Skull and Bones, I'm I'm anxious to jump into that, but I've been following the reviews and whatnot. And we were given codes by Ubisoft. Um, I'm Thank just you. now getting into it. And so I'm looking forward to ch- checking that one out. And that Sea of Thieves community certainly seems to be investigating as well, which is interesting um, yeah. for sure. Regardless, we are speculating that Hi-Fi Rush, Grounded, and Pentiment uh, are joining Sea of Thieves or are with Sea of Thieves and being the four games. But I think it makes perfect sense given all of the where there's smoke, there's fire approach. Um, mm-hmm. But 
Xbox leadership is indeed allowing whatever four teams are announcing this to announce it on their own schedules or own times. Again, this this business update didn't seem to me to be scheduled, um, which is is interesting in and of itself. One of the quotes that I really liked out of Phil Spencer, I'm going to read two quotes. Uh, the first was, quote, this is not a change to our fundamental exclusive strategy, uh, end quote. And he also commented that it was on it was part of the long term health of the Xbox platform. He says, quote, we're always looking to learn as a leadership team and to grow. And we think this is an interesting point in time for us to use what some of the other platforms have right now to help grow our franchises, end quote. I kind of agree when I like set back. I'm like, this is a a almost non-issue in that this is an extension of their standard modus operandi, their, sta- their standard strategy over the past decade. They've yeah. allowed Minecraft to exist on multiple platforms once they acquired it. They've allowed Elder Scrolls and Fallout 76 and so many other franchises to exist multi-platform. They sent Ori to the Switch as well as Ori 2. They are willing to let some of their franchise exist in other places if it helps grow those particular franchises, which as we approach a hardware-less future, which I don't think is Gen 10, but perhaps Gen 11. I think we're on 9 right now. I think I said Whatever. The generation mm-hmm. after this next upcoming one, to me, that is a cloud-based future. Log in, play. Um, I think it's good to have uh, a player base that permeates multiple ecosystems, multiple places, because it gives the the brand of Xbox and as you know that the the subheading of Elder Scrolls, Sea of Thieves, uh, Grounded, yeah. etc. It gives them room to grow, and I think that's a good thing. So I didn't feel like this was a change in strategy. It would have been a change in strategy if they were like everything goes and pillar titles are now everywhere. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't think select titles case by case is any different than we've seen or heard before. But I do appreciate clarification, if that's what you call it. Uh, I would say like a double down, maybe a on double this. down. You're fired. <laughs> you are fired. Um, yeah, dude. Like this is this is one of those times where I'm gonna say like the things that that Phil said helped me kind of feel better about my digital library. And and one of the things that I liked that he said was is how they want to bring exclusives that don't damage Xbox to other platforms because I think that's what we're really worried about, right? That, that the, the console warriors or the, the people that have invested time and effort and love into this ecosystem, they want to feel like their exclusives matter because it, it, it breeds a, a loyalty um, to their ecosystem. And bringing games that don't damage Xbox to me are newer games uh, that have been out for a little while that are not, that are, that are fresh IP uh, or ones that, that don't define like Xbox. Like, and I think Gears defines Xbox. I think Halo defines Xbox. I think Forza defines Xbox. Those types of games are the ones that people know they are the ones that you only find on Xbox. And I think Starfield is in that vein now. I think that that was a, a, a clear indicator that they want a new IP from Bethesda to be an exclusive, to become one of those pillar titles uh, for Xbox that defines what Xbox is and bringing content that that doesn't damage Xbox as a platform, as an exclusive, uh, you know, uh, ecosystem. That makes sense Um, because I don't see a reason why those games can't be brought to other platforms as long as they are willing to continue to invest in 
A, the ecosystem and B, the hardware that that provides that strong experience that I that I come to expect from the, the consoles themselves. So going forward, looking forward, Xbox gamers can expect to see Starfield and Indiana Jones launch on Xbox and Xbox only. Their pillar franchises, Halo, Gears, Forza, still console and PC, Xbox console and PC. And to my way of thinking, it is Xbox Game Pass that is the Xbox future, not the hardware. Would you agree? I I think they're in tandem. Um, I think it was clear that they still feel like the console has a place in the market. I don't subscribe to the all cloud uh, mentality. I still mm-hmm. like having hardware. I still like having something that I can physically turn on and use without having internet access from time to time. Mm-hmm. Like that still saves me in times where I don't have internet access. So losing that completely would be a detriment to the the console generation or the consoles in general or the, the ecosystem. Um, and, and maybe that's just because there aren't redundancies in place and I don't have a, a good foundation for whether or not I actually own my content. Mm-hmm. If they have redundancies in place that ensure that if, you know, servers go down in one area that servers will, will maintain and pick up the pay or pick up the, uh, the gameplay right as I go on. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than, than having a game crash due to internet or, or pop back to the dashboard and stuff like that. So, you know, the, the, the future that is all cloud is not one that's going to sell me right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that you are correct. I do think that game pass is the ecosystem. Um, but I don't think it's the entire ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's why a lot of us were concerned is because we have a large library of games outside of game pass. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, all Microsoft first party stuff is in Game Pass, but that does not mean that that is my library. That just means that is the access to a breadth of games that I don't have to add to my library. Agreed and and well said. Uh, I think that's partially why Sarah Bond, who's president of Xbox now uh, in her current role, stated literally on this podcast that the company is, quote, invested in the next generation roadmap. And what we really focused on there is delivering the largest technical leap that you will have ever seen in hardware, a hardware generation, end quote. Now, I you can pick apart this comment. This was meticulously crafted because this was not a live broadcast. So this this statement was meticulously crafted. And I have a lot of I have a lot of like tidbit approaches to this one because the largest technical leap you have ever seen is a very big statement. And then I you think qualify I know where they're going it. with it, though. I think they do, too, because they qualify with you will have ever seen in a hardware generation, not between hardware generations. So, you know, like if, if you want a tinfoil hat it, I think what we're seeing is the Xbox One X versus the Xbox One S. Right. Like maybe that's the difference type approach. Maybe. Right. And the reason they made this statement was to say we still have hardware coming. Right. This to mm-hmm. me, you don't make that statement for the Xbox Elite 2, Elite 3, Elite 4. You don't make it for a controller, for, for anything. So I'm really curious what she really means, but we know that this holiday, when Indiana Jones and uh, Avowed and Hellblade are all available for Xbox gamers, there is a new hardware set 
of some kind, something Xbox gamers can purchase if they're interested. So interesting, interesting. I have, I have two main points that I want to top uh, jump on real quick about that. Uh, one, I think the thing we're going to get in December is a handheld. I think that they have been using a lot of handhelds in the upper management to gauge whether or not that style of gameplay is one that is warranted for their content. If it does work well for those third party manufacturers, is it feasible that a first party hardware, something I've been asking for for a very long time, would do well in the market? The answer is yes. You and think oh, Xbox hardware is a handheld is going to do really well. You, and, so and you I, think that's happening? It, always online, connected, Wi-Fi, uh, switch style, like hybrid. Switch style is is the system uh, of choice. I think having authentication for certain games um, on on internet is is acceptable for most Nintendo Switch players. Like you do have to log into your onto your internet at some point uh, with the, with a lot of games that does validate the purchases. Um, same thing with like uh, the Steam Deck. Like a lot of these handhelds do have to authenticate your account. We've kind of come to accept that. Um, so I think that that's a, a very, a very easy question to answer. And in, in today's market, I don't think that that's something that's really like, oh my God, how, how could they possibly do this? It's a handheld. There's not going to be a, a wi- Wi-Fi anywhere. What are we, what are we going to do? Like, we have that answer. Um, hmm. The the largest technology leap that they that will ever ever have seen in a hardware generation. If you look at the complaints of the little boy, uh, which is the Series S, it is consistently coming back to two things: the GPU is not nearly as strong, and there's not enough memory. I think that the next generation for Xbox is going to address those two pain points, and I think that there's going to be stronger parity between the actual consoles if they decide to split it up. I think that we're going to see a handheld version of the Series S with a little more memory probably added to it. But whatever the next generation is, it's going to address a lot of the issues that caused a big kerfuffle with 2023's Game of the Year Baldur's Gate 3 not being on Xbox day and day with PlayStation. And they're going to address that. Like it's been six months. They're going to say like, hey, we re- we realized like why this game was so big and the, one of the biggest issues was they couldn't get it ported over to the series s and have a good experience and i think that is going to be fixed in the next console generation so you're going to see a lot more memory on these systems you're going to see a much stronger gpu we're already pretty far behind what current pcs are so if we're going to see a leap i think we're going to see a leap that is going to push us far closer to what PCs can handle to try and address the the downward slope of gamers on consoles are, are getting a worse and worse experience compared to PC. That's so interesting. Hmm. Hmm. That's my, I don't know that's about my take on it. I think what you're talking about is not this this year, but but in the future. But I don't you're, think it's this year. Oh, I, I don't know. Well, I, I'm I think that we'll get so they, they haven't said that we're going to get our hands on a handheld in December. They've said that they are going to have news about a new hardware in December, as far as I recall. So correct me if I'm wrong. And we're really focused on on their on and what we're really focused on there is delivering the largest technical leap you will have ever seen in a hardware generation. Why show it in December? Hmm. Game Awards? I don't know. I think Game Awards is just a good a good way to kind of be like, hey, this is what we've got. Mm-hmm. coming in the next year because when did they announce 
the Xbox Series X at the Game Awards 2019. 2019. What year did it come out? 2020. Yep. So if they yeah. announce it this year in 2024 and it comes mm -hmm. out at the end of 2025, mm -hmm. seems to me that a Switch 2 coming out in the first quarter of 2025 and a PlayStation not getting any sequels uh, for their first party content until 2025. Mm -hmm. If I had to launch a console and I wanted to get ahead of something, 2025 is a pretty good year to do that. You're there's a lot that's impeccable logic. I can't argue with that at all. And I'll add context for any listener. Um, Sorry. We saw, no, 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 that is great. Uh, for any listener that's unaware, we saw in the Xbox leaks, that the self-imposed leaks, by the way, that they, when yeah. they uploaded their own documents to the FTC hearing, uh, we saw that there were cloud-based, uh, not cloud-based, I'm sorry, all digital versions of the Xbox Series X out there. That's a future. Clearly, both PlayStation yeah. and Xbox have been exploring all digital futures. Uh, we know that Sony has come out and stated publicly that the PlayStation 5 is entering the latter half of its life cycle, which is interesting because we're seems like we're away from the whole it's a 10 year life cycle style approach just because technology is moving so quickly. So for Sony to come out and say, hey, we're in the latter half while it shared its financial results for its third quarter, which is um, 2023, October through December. Uh, yeah. you know, they're out, you know, commenting on that their own sales are down from their own projections. Now, again, when I say they're down from projections, I don't mean they're bad. Please do not misinterpret. Certainly far beyond that of, uh, Xbox and of course, looking to outpace the PS2. So please do not think that I am dissing them. It's just their own wording here. Um, it makes sense that Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo are exploring what types of hardware take them forward into the next gen, uh, for PlayStation 5 to be in the latter half, you have to imagine so too is the Xbox, uh, which is surprises to me. It surprises me because to me, the Series X and PS5 are still new, but you know, whatever. Um, I don't know, man. I just got a new graphics card. I'm, I'm, you feeling I'm, it? I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking, but yeah, I'm starting to feel it. Like I, I got a couple really nice hard drives in there. I've got a really nice graphics card, a really nice CPU. I'm like playing everything with 300 frames. I'm, I'm starting to feel it, man interesting i don't feel it a bit because i don't care to build and i don't feel like many games have taken advantage of the hardware this generation i think very few have maybe count 10 that really yeah. seem to push the systems um but maybe i'm old hat right uh, i just think in a world where fall guys and roblox are out there doing numbers that you don't always need technical prowess to sell a system the switch is no. a good example as well yeah. um I do want to point out, this was interesting. We have several comments on this from our listeners, but it was interesting to, to compare the news of the four games that might go multi-platform, the yep. comparative statements between hardware, between PlayStation and, and, and Xbox, seemingly like, yo, we're not out of this and we're about to do new stuff. And a game like Helldivers, which was at Sony's, kind of their only real big game this year, and it's not even a first party, but it's doing incredible numbers. You've been playing it. Phil Spencer was asked about Helldivers. And mm -hmm. I, I really liked the, his comments on it, but it also was, it was, it was just fascinating. In short, I'm paraphrasing much longer quotes. He said that it's neat to see Sony's first party or Sony published game doing well day and date PC, indicative of a future business move by Sony, I think. Yeah. But also that he's not sure how that game being exclusive to PlayStation helps 
And what does it hurt to put a game like that on Xbox? And I'm paraphrasing that, but this to me is the same mantra of put Sea of Thieves, put Elder Scrolls, put Minecraft, put Grounded, and in my mind, put put Halo multiplayer out into as many places as possible and let them thrive. For Helldivers to be doing so well on both console and Steam is fantastic. Why not give another community that game? Um, I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, and and I want to toss in the the little bit of of uh, added detail in there. He does he did call out the fact that he recognizes that Xbox is also doing the same thing because I did see that comment. Uh, I, I did see that article go out. Well, because a lot of people were were saying that this was hypocrisy. Him saying like, oh, I don't see how it helps. Uh, the game that that uh, Sony is only keeping it on Sony and, and PC. And it's like, well, okay, what about Halo Infinite? What about Starfield? Mm, okay. And it's okay. like, I, I I get it. I, 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 and I, and he does too. He recognizes that, you know, it is, it is hypocrisy to say, I don't understand why you aren't taking this multi-plat while also clutching onto your, your pearls and saying like, no, don't, don't, you don't get my, mm-hmm. you don't get my Starfield. So he does recognize that that's out there. I wonder if that is um, a nuanced take because it's Sony published, yes, but it's not a pillar franchise, right? No, this is no, not it's second party, yeah, right. So I, I, I don't agree, disagree with the guy who has see, who can see the numbers, right? Who can mm-hmm. look behind the curtain, and for goodness sakes, Xbox knows Sony's numbers because they publish so many games there now as a result of Activision Blizzard, but also like they have Game Pass. Uh, you know, Game Pass is with the MLB The Show, so there's a connection there. Uh, Sony uses Azure servers, not necessarily in PlayStation space, but in general. Like, there's a lot of cross-pollination that people don't realize between these two companies. Um, so Xbox is very aware, I think, of what Sony's got going on. So, you know, I'm I'm just fascinated to watch Sony's journey over 2024 because to me that Sony did not have a great 2023 and Xbox did. And yet, asterisk comma, like Spider-Man is buku bonkers amazing. Yeah. And Xbox's two biggest titles, three biggest titles, I'll say. Let's, let's do three. Forza, Starfield, and Redfall, none of them launched without controversy. Now, I, and I don't think manufactured controversy either, because that happens regardless, right? Yeah. But like Redfall didn't do what it needed to do. It clearly needed more development time. Starfield yeah. was polarizing because I think it's a game with mechanics stuck in uh, an old engine and previous generation ideas, even though I love it. Right. And Forza feels feature or felt feature incomplete. And the enthusiasts in that realm, because it's a sim, didn't seem to latch on to it. So yeah. it, it, it's interesting to watch these two companies compete style wise. And so I'm just I, I'm fascinated by the approach. I want competition exclusives by their nature are good i think to a point right i need xbox healthy i need playstation challenged nintendo sniffing glue selling everything in the corner like whatever but i (laughs) i don't understand how they do with it but but god God bless them but i need competition between my game makers because we know the cost of games is going up like right like i literally to play helldivers would have to either get it on PC, which is something I'm not willing to do as a consumer, but also I need PlayStation Plus and the game. That's a lot of money. If you wanted to play Suicide Squad, controversial uh, as it is, you needed to pay 70 to to $100 
that's a lot of yeah. money to not on top of the the uh multiplayer right access right so that's a that's a lot of ask for your consumer more and more and it, it's i need them to compete right i yeah. need them to compete and i'm okay when capitalism fails like suicide squad not doing well is a response whether it's fair or not is a response by the gaming community so ga gamers can affect change um, I don't think it's by going on podcasts and crying or screaming or yelling or threatening or anything else, um, but it's with dollars and and approach and spreading word of mouth. Yeah, yeah i I felt really good about this um, this whole kind of discussion that they had that they brought out with because it really it really does does speak to them wanting to continue exclusives to a point where it makes sense, and I think that that's always been phil's kind of approach like he's it, it's clear in my mind that he has two sides and not to say that that's a good thing or a bad thing but it, it speaks to him as a consumer but him is also a businessman as a consumer he wants to play hell divers on xbox as a businessman he also recognizes like he has to keep halo on xbox for xbox to have value um because the library is just something that they can't compete with when it comes to playstation and that's tough. Um, but I love that they are continuing to invest in these things. I, I do think that there's going to be some interesting discussion because, you know, while we did get confirmation that Blade and, or sorry, Indiana Jones and Starfield are not going multi-plant, that still kind of brings the question up of Blade. And and Xbox, to, to your comment, they still like have these weird caveats to everything that they do. Every time they come out with like an announcement or a game or something like that, there's, there's, there were still people trying to spin this. This one is, is like something that it wasn't. And it's like, they just, they need to have more clear, uh, dis, uh like, like marketing points or, or discussion points or, or conversation pieces saying like, this is exactly how it's going to be. And it always feels like, they're trying to live in that gray matter between nope, everything is exclusive or nope, everything's on everything. And it's so tough for them to live in this field where people are like, should I continue to invest? So that brings up a comment from Anubis who wrote us in over on Twitter. Anubis, a, a great listener, says, I'm still upset about how many people are upset with Xbox. Like, I'm trying to understand why people are so angry and I don't really get it. I know a lot was Twitter noise, but some fans truly felt betrayed, I guess. Do you think the lack of clarity in Xbox's exclusive or multi-plat future is that betrayal? Your Honor, he's leading the witness. Oh, how so? Uh, well, no, I, I do think that the lack of... <laughs> I'm in agreement with you. I'm not going to disagree that Xbox doesn't have... Uh, that Xbox has clear messaging. I, I think that they very much need to be very upfront about what is what and why it's that way like this is this was probably one of the more clear messagings uh that they've come out with mm -hmm. um it's not necessarily the message that people wanted mm -hmm. people probably wanted to hear more like no we're not going to take anything multi-plat don't worry all your games are still exclusive you're still going to have value in your xbox i think that's that's what a lot of people wanted um the people that are upset by this are the people that want to feel like their xbox has value and, and I understand it. It's a $500 console. 
for a lot of people, 500 bucks could go a, a, anywhere else and, and get a very good value for it mm-hmm. and not feel like there is a sense of, of justification for the, for the thing that you did. And, and there's a lot of question of, if games are going to be brought over to Sony PlayStation, do I actually need to have an Xbox in the future? It was a good discussion point that we had last week mm-hmm. that I can understand why people would feel betrayed. Um, I think it's silly because at the end of the day, I don't think I don't think that's actually the case, but people are going to perceive things their way and it's going to be hard to convince them otherwise. So don't get upset or or worry about the folks that feel like they're betrayed because they have to get that therapy for themselves. Don't worry about them. Your your stuff is fine. So I want to address Ellery Woods Parker the Third's question. They wrote in over on Twitter. Sorry, pardon me, over on Discord, our Patreon Discord, and asked two questions. Uh, they ask, what predictions do the do you have for Xbox's near future? And with Xbox's play anywhere in mindset, my prediction would be that the Samsung phone per purchases you get three months of uh game pass included and i think they're kind of asking us what do we think xbox is going to do about getting game pass in front of more people as this future goes forward and i will i will say in the near future um xbox will trickle out or or bring the activision blizzard catalog forward move that forward and bring it to more people uh the developer update i thought was great and showcased a lot of what Xbox has in the pipeline. Um, I think you're going to see pillar franchises that are synonymous with Xbox, a la Halo and Gears of War, make returns in some way, shape, or form. Like For my money, I'd love to see Halo Infinite multiplayer or the next Halo's multiplayer on the Switch 2. I want to see that in uh, more places. And you can, to me, a, a good strategy would be bring your campaigns to console only for the near future and then in the far future sure whatever because you're just going to log in um i would like to see that the pillar franchises show up and show out uh i don't think you're going to hear anything about where blade is going because they probably don't know they probably don't know because an xbox is a screen to them now and hardware is a pillar of a business strategy not the pillar and as as people are riding in the streets for this, very sillily, I might add, this is PlayStation strategy too. They're just a little slower to it. Now, I'm not arguing that's good or bad because like PlayStation is adopting this now. They're just slow to react on this front. And sometimes slower is better. See Dreamcast, see X, the original Xbox launch, uh, see the Xbox One itself. Being ahead in terms of technology and mindset isn't always best, right? Two examples in Xbox's Xbox's history of the Xbox One and the original Xbox, broadband, always online, all these other ideas, were too ahead of their time. The community wasn't ready. PlayStation was late to them and did it right. Or not did it right, yeah. uh, gathered the audience. So I'm not saying that they're being slow is a bad thing. I'm just saying it's different. In the near future, we'll see pillar franchises make a return while marketing Starfield, the expansions, marketing... Uh, some of these first party outings that arrive as an Xbox gamer. I think you need to have game pass. That is that those two things should be joint at the hip and Xbox needs to make those two things synonymous. And I think you do that by maybe either discounting game pass when you purchase an Xbox piece of hardware or 
you know, if you're on Xbox, you get some you get more perks than they're currently doing because the perk system and the reward system have been nerfed too much, um, probably to offset the cost of games. But I, I'm just I don't know where I'm going with that. So let me let me pause there and just say uh, near future, we need more more pillar franchises to see the franchises uh, that are currently leading have some breathing room. Yeah. Yeah, not not everything needs to weigh on Halo and Gears the way Sony is relying heavily on The Last of Us and God of War and Horizon and Ghost. Um, where do I think things are going to go in the near future? I think to Ellery's point, I think they are curious about the mobile market. Um, I think that that was a clear indicator during this um, update that they see mobile as a as an uh, a really truly untapped market we saw an article that came out recently that apple has unbanned epic and epic is going to be bringing a storefront to the apple ios platform in the future um i think that xbox considers tablets and phones as part of the outside of the console discussion so when they say something like game pass is going to be only on xbox i think that that is accurate I think that their intent is is to have a Game Pass or an X Cloud um, app that will be native to phones and devices that you can access your your Xbox Game Cloud through, um, and that is where it is. I don't know if if and then I think they've had deals in the past where they've offered like Game Pass for three months in in when you purchase products and stuff like that. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's impossible to say that that kind of a marketing deal can't be made, uh, but. I do think that as changes are made with legislation in countries that force legislation, big companies, legislation, yeah, legislation is going to help. <laughs> it's going to help. That's a deep cut for listeners that pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- I think that they are they are going to be moving more and more content uh, to mobile devices because that's a huge market that does not currently have access and as we've seen with uh capcom and um i just blanked on hideo kojima's studio kojima productions kojima productions it was right there it was so simple uh as we've seen with with some of those studios in japan they're more willing to port their games to mobile because mobile can handle it mm-hmm. and as we can as we continue to progress further and further down like phones becoming stronger and stronger they're going to become closer and closer to handhelds um which is where i think a lot of people are looking to have this kind of stuff and shout out to the the nokia engage for for being that trailblazer to say like hey your phone can be a console as well mm-hmm. i think that we're, you we're could finally- be first to a market that doesn't mean you'll be successful yeah, being first to the market is not always a guaranteed success. Um, it, it look at PUBG as as a as a, a jumping off point for what Fortnite took and then ran with. You know, Fortnite uh, really took what PUBG did, and now they're an entire platform, which was another talking point from Matt Booty that we didn't get into. But yeah, I think Xbox wants to get on mobile. I think they want to have their content accessed either natively or through cloud gaming on mobile and i think that they want to utilize king as part of that development strategy which is part of the big reason why they bought abk in the first place and i think that a lot of people would be fooling themselves to think that that wasn't where they see console gaming moving agreed agreed in 
I suppose to sum up the business update, like the, the taking a step back, I was potentially going to be joining Joseph Moran in the trophy room for like a special episode if, if that called for it, but it didn't. There was no grand change to Xbox's strategy. It was no big difference or shift from Minecraft and Fallout and Ori showing up on other places. It was no big thing to me that felt overly different. We've got two smaller games headed to other places to expand the Xbox brand. You've got two live service games going other places to expand the Xbox brand and their communities. Those are speculatory, but they make good sense. Um, I don't feel bothered by that. I'm excited for a future where the grounded community thrives and as a result, Xbox thrives where the Sea of Thieves community grows. And as a result, I get more amazing things because anybody that's tried Sea of Thieves, but it didn't capture you. That's an anecdotal experience and there's more to it. There's a magic to that game that is unrivaled. There's a, there's a reason Sea of Thieves is the only one of its genre out there and feels it feels special. Um, and those moments that are captured more people checking that out are great. Um, I'm anxious to know how this strategy changes the business. I'm excited to see what happens to it. I'm curious what Power Worlds, uh, what the impact on Power World will be. Will that game go multi-platform? Yes. But like, <laughs> how will Xbox lock down uh, or manage exclusives going forward? Because exclusive no longer will mean on your box. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be it'll be very interesting future to see. I'm I'm very curious to see how Sony reacts to this because I think that they're seeing the same issues. They can sell hardware. They can't sell software. Xbox can sell software. They can't sell hardware. I think the two companies need to figure out how they're going to stay profitable in this market. And to be perfectly honest, uh, sharing a little bit more, maybe the only way that we get through this weird uh, like drought of, of growth for the consoles, as weird as that is. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Logan, we did a giveaway over on our socials. We did. We did our giveaway over on our socials for Skull and Bones. We were given three copies of Skull and Bones, two, uh, two that we put to use for ourselves for coverage, which we're going to be checking out, diving in. I have not gone in. Have you gone in and played much? Oh, I spent a lot of time. <laughs> okay. All right. Good to know. All right. Good to know. So we're going to have those impressions, but I'd like us to wait till next week uh, before we have any skull and bones impressions and we'll discuss doing a review, but uh, Mike white, uh, Kylea over on Twitter game uh, gamer Graham and Rick Davis all wrote us reviews on their various platforms of choice, which I really appreciated. And uh, we have a winner that we need to pick here. Let's see. I've got my RNG. I'm doing this right now. Let's see for, so I'm I'm generating uh, a response here. Let's see, one, two. Mike White is our winner of oh, Skull nice. and Bones. Mike White is our winner. Uh, is this Mike White from Sea of Thieves? This is. Yeah. Well, we this is indeed. Shout out to Mike White. We appreciate you supporting XCP, rating us over on. Let's see what platform did he? Looks like he rated us on Spotify. We are very appreciative of you. We saw Audible ratings. We saw Rick. Uh, iTunes ratings, those things help a lot, especially if, uh, as well as if you like and subscribe over on YouTube, checking out our Banishers review, Suicide Squad review, looking forward to our Turtle Beach review, Skull and Bones. We're really trying to bring great content to you. I've got two indie developer interviews 
in queue and in waiting right now. Um, I'll be getting up early and late for some of those because they're in Japan. Um, which will be that's whew, tough. That's tough. That's tough. But some indie stuff, which will be nice, uh, which I'm looking forward to as well. Logan, what you got going on for Keelhauled? Um, we are, I'm probably going to be talking a lot about some of the stuff that I talked about this week. Uh, we have a update coming on Monday, which is wild, uh, that, that I talked about last week, but we'll probably be talking some skull and bones impressions, some community, uh, thoughts and stuff on that, giving some folks some information based on that game, just because pirates, believe it or not, not just stuck to one game. A lot of pirates like to pirate in other games too. Some people just pirate games in general. But uh, going to be talking a lot about Skull and Bones and Sea of Thieves this week. Very cool. Very cool. Excellent. Um, guys, I've listed all the things that I, I'd love for you to check out. It means the absolute world. Big thank you to our patrons for being so supportive. Uh, you are keeping the lights on, the content coming. Find me on socials at Insipid Ghost and have a fantastic rest of your week. Take care. Bye.